Hello, everyone. Gosh, it feels like it's been a while. It's been so long. Welcome to 2020. <laughs> um, lots of metaphors that we could use about 2020. I, actually, if I hadn't chosen the word of the year that I chose, doing okay there? Yeah, sorry. I didn't want any corny, cheesy 2020 vision things to come out. <laughs> Thankfully, that was not what it is. Um, but anyway, it is 2020, and mm-hmm. we are now celebrating episode 58 of Jen and Millie, where yeah. a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. The world. The whole we are your hosts. <laughs> uh, the 2020 version of Allison and the 2020 version of Tess. Good to be back. So good to be back. Um, this is probably one of the most excited to chat with uh, in a podcast episode format, you and I, whatever I we call this gig, that I have been in a long time because we have been, we've seen each other, but we have not been able to actually connect mm-hmm. and some amazing things happened. Oh gosh. Um over the course of the last time that yeah. we talked on Jen and Millie, sorry, Jeez Louise, I sorry know. for all the outside sounds. Um, I always listen back to these, okay, as you know. Yeah. And I notice when the papers ruffle, and I notice when my um, <laughs> bracelets make sounds, and um, I want to apologize to the readers uh, for listeners. that. Um, <laughs> listeners, readers, listeners, um, whoever you are, but I do want to give specific before we even get started, specific gratitude and shout outs to several of our awesome listeners. Yes. Yep. I'm going to cover two, Janae and Sarah, probably okay. the two you would like to cover as well. Yep. But the, I'm always kind of amazed at what people, how people spend, how people choose to spend their time and energy. And, you know, I can see that Sometimes people will spend time and energy on an email that just rips somebody up one side and and down. Mm -hmm. That's a really interesting choice of a use Mm -hmm. of energy. Um, But the emails that we receive regarding um, Jen and Millie Dialogue, particularly from Janae and Sarah on the regular, Mm -hmm. are such beautifully um, introspective, thoughtful, positive self-searching but also strength-based and mm-hmm. and positive praise I just I want to really give them a shout out for the thoughtfulness that they put in an email that helps you and I in ways yeah. that they probably would never realize oh, yes. just keep going mm-hmm. and um, I don't always get emails that say you're doing a fantastic job. Yeah. And you know, you would think, Allison, gosh, you're approaching 45 you know, years old and this is what you do and, and you're serving 10,000 mentors. You can't certainly expect to um, need meaningful praise. I really do. We all do. Yeah. And we all deserve to have that. And um, sometimes I can be um, pummeled with uh, feedback and not so positive feedback. And I take that very, very seriously. So I just want to thank... Janae and Sarah for their very positive feedback. I actually printed it so that I could read it more than once. Um, this is now my little Jenna Millie folder. I love it. Wow, so organized. Such an input thing. Thank you very much. And also, um, printing emails is a fun thing for me. And a, is that a Christmas letter? I have. Oh, I'm missing one. I'm missing one. I have two, and I brought another one with me. I wonder where the other one is. Stop, yes. I have two examples of Christmas letters that were sent to me. So I told you on the last episode that I had reached out to my former professor, Dr. Doc Dudley. Yes. 
In oh, response, my I sent him an email. In response, he sent me a Christmas letter and the note at the bottom. Wonderful to hear from you and see the picture. We are well and both finally retired. <laughs> so care. he had no idea, of course, that we talked about Christmas letters on this podcast. That's their Christmas letter. Oh my gosh, stop. It's this called the, the Dudley Dribble. I mean, I love everything about it. Dudley Dribble, volume. We have volume 25. They've been doing this for 25 years? Yes. Oh my goodness, it looks like a fold out. I mean, it's a, a legal sized paper folded in half, and it is. it looks like a news article. It looks like a newsletter. A newspaper. Um, so oh that's gosh, one of I the examples. It. The other is from my friend Amy, and I thought I had it here with me, but my friend Amy puts together a really beautiful Christmas letter every year, and I look forward to it. Um, and then this is Gigi's, and it is in, in oh, Gigi style, a poem, and this year's theme is 2019 on the move. So they have a new address, which oh they detail. Gosh. But Gigi is um, really, really good at um, putting together the, the Christmas poetry. So based on our last episode, The Joy of the Christmas Letter, yeah, I wanted to note that yes. I did receive some received and how much Christmas I letters. love them. Um, Sarah's, um, that she contributed, Sarah Skaggs, um, was on was online. She wrote an E Christmas yeah, Letter. It yeah, was I really, loved it. It was really, it. really beautiful. Um, but I also just think that sometimes there are things that we say here on Jenna Millian, you can hashtag connectedness around this, that then we talk about and then they happen. Yep. And mm-hmm. you just can't really make those things <laughs> up. But I always listen back for quality of sound and I try to be more cognizant. Like, can you can you hear me when I bump something? And um, mm-hmm. can you hear me ruffling the pages? And do you hear my loud, jangly uh, jewelry? But I also listen back for uh, continuity so that our one episode blends into the next and blends into the next because we are shocked at the people who listen. Yeah. We received an email from a parent, not even a student who hasn't yet matched yet. Yeah, a student on a waiting list in a chapter who listens to Jen and Millie. Yeah. And asked, where do I get the episodes prior to, what, 19, which is they were prior videos. They were the YouTube videos, yeah. So... I don't think we have any scope of the outreach. And mm-hmm. so I think even tying in the lap, last episode to the new episode, every once in a while, you know, throwing mm-hmm. in, this is how this got started, throwing yeah. in, you know, here's where episodes 19 prior are. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you're just finding us or you're just listening in, yeah. you may not know You're the entering context. into a long-standing conversation. Yes. <laughs> a very long time. And I also think that mm-hmm. it very much mirrors what our mentors and mentees do. They yeah. they have a conversation. They don't see each other for a week. Yep. They come back together. We usually try to tie something in. You know, mm-hmm. last time we talked, you mm-hmm. know, how, how is this going? Yeah. So I wanted to tie those things in, and then I thought it was such an absolutely phenomenal um, tie-in for you and I to discuss our words of the year mm-hmm. and the new year. Mm-hmm. Tess and I are around each other often. We are constantly in dual dialogue with people. Mm-hmm. So someone may be CC'd on an email or we may be, um, you know, the fact that you don't know my, what my word of the year is yet is absolutely, it, it's the most work I've had to do to keep a surprise keep in a it, while. Oh my gosh. Because yeah. I typically put it out on my blog. Yeah. And I've waited. Yep. And I typically kind of put it out on social media, but I've waited. And but there have been a couple times that I thought, oh, no. 
know, I commented on something that, ooh, I don't think it was Morgan Harper, um, Nichols. It was someone else. And I commented, my word of the year is, and then I thought, oh, I hope Tess doesn't see this. <laughs> I did not. Um, and so I, I worry about, you know, those mistakes. I also want to make note that I, on the last episode, made a mistake in referring to Mari. Is it Mari, Andrew? Mari, Andrew. I referred to her as Maria, not just once, three times. It's Mari, Andrew. And I just want to make sure that I state that I had that wrong. You were worried about quoting Einstein incorrectly. Socrates. Oh, my God. Really? I called someone who's living and who's both of us see your material. We're from significant different generations and time periods and have contributed very significantly different things to the world. But you know how I feel about (laughs) names. And so I very much apologize. Um, But one of the things and the way I would like to introduce this to you, if you will allow me, and I did not give you a heads up on this. Okay. If you will allow this. Mm Mm-hmm. I recently um, started following a blogger, and the blogger, um, when you sign up and subscribe for her blog, she's at the end of her email, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's a pretty lengthy email. It says, please send me seven pieces of you, seven interesting pieces of you so that I can know my readers better. Now you have to be, you have to read her email all the way to the end for the subscription, but you have to read the email. Yeah. As you know, I put together the match support email, and I think this year maybe I'll put, if you get to the bottom of this email, I'll give you $50 because I don't think people read it. So she asked her seven pieces of you, and I responded, not thinking that I would get a response, and I got a very lovely response from the author. Um, Oh, my gosh. And I thought the best way for me to reveal to you my word of the year would be through the seven pieces of me. Okay. Now, I did not give you a chance to do seven pieces of you because, first of all, most of the time we do surprises on here to each mm-hmm. other, but I also think it would be nice continuity. Okay. So I'm going to give seven pieces of me. Okay. Next episode, Tess is going to give seven pieces of Tess. Oh, I have an assignment for next episode. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, hi, Krista. I found you via Joshua Becker, okay, Becoming Minimalist. Okay, wonderful. Um, pause quickly before you get into this. Is your word embedded in the yes. seven pieces of me somewhere? Yes, okay. and that's so why. And so I am supposed to listen and make inferences about your word of the year based on that. I believe... That you have heard this word from me so much. And if you go back and listen to previous Jen and Millie episodes, it will probably make you... um, I know I will be angry once I know it, but I think the learner context and election in me does not want to guess incorrectly, so I'd rather abstain from that's right. guessing. I don't want you to... And that's <laughs> fine, but what I want you to do is say, as I wish that I was recording this, okay. so that your, your facial response to your context recognition that you already know this is a real okay. All right. Oh, okay. So anyway, right to Krista, I found her via Becoming Minimalist. She wrote an article called I Joyfully Decluttered, which I was surprised by. I was expecting tips for cleaning out closets and organization, and what I found was a much-needed reminder of what life is all about. Not stuff. More heart. Raw, real, authentic discovery. Letting go of the things that get in the way of my true self. It was delightful. Thank you for your article. I have read and shared it many times. Here are seven pieces of me. Number one, I have found myself recently independent. Just recently went through my second divorce and have two adultish children. Learning this season of life where it's all up to me. 
Number two, I write for fun. I have a blog that started 10 years ago as a way to help me work through the divorce from my kid's dad, whom I have been with, had been with since high school. It's called Alleology, which for me means learning to be me. I am still learning. I still have so much to learn, and writing help me, helps me work through the lessons. Number three, I'm a very lucky co-parent with my kid's dad and his wife, who is truly a gem. We share holidays, Sunday dinners, and lots of life together. I know that's rare, and sometimes I feel compelled to share about it because I believe it demonstrates that there is growth and positive change to be found in difficult situations if we choose to do so. I work for a nonprofit, a school-based mentoring program, and I love being part of people finding their authentic self through strength-based learning. Work is not work to me. It's part of me, and I'm so grateful to love what I do. I'm a proud adoptee, and both biological and adoptive families are part of my life, and I have a been and have been a constant in my kids' lives. That is one of the most unique parts of my life story, and I am so grateful and aware of the uniqueness. I grew up on a small farm in southeastern Nebraska, and I have lived within a few hours of that home place. Mo most of my family members reside within an hour of one another. This fact just stating it was new to me because I realized we have chosen to live close. Number six, these days are my favorite days of the year, a time for reflection in the days past and hopeful anticipation of the days ahead. New Year's Eve is my favorite holiday and I typically determine and share my word of the year. This year is choice. Number seven, Reminding people of their gifts and talents is a part of my job, my being, my purpose, my reason for waking up in the morning. Finding your writing has been a joy. You're a gifted, honest writer and heart speaker. I look forward to reading more. My word of the year is choice. choice. Hmm. Because, as you've heard me say 9,000 times, <laughs> and now it's up to me. Everything comes back to we all have choices yep. to make. We all have powerful choices to make. So when I listen back to the last two Jen and Millie's, I'm like, Allison, I hear it before you even hear it, before mm -hmm. I even arrived at this. And I did not determine finality yeah. until those glorious wow. new days of the year, you know, end of yep. December, beginning of January. Choice hmm. is my word of the year. Okay. You had to have seen this coming. No. Okay, so here's two things that I think happened. One, I think you thought it was going to be, because of my input communication, some kind of beautiful word. No. I thought it was... Oh, sorry. That felt very strong. <laughs> no. 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 I thought it was going to be a call out to what you needed. That is what I need. I have no, not... No. Choice is what I need. You know what no. it falls back into, Tess, is permission to choose for me. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I guess my, I guess a way to then revert it, because technically speaking, you always have choices. You've made many choices. You will make many choices, right? The fact that you have agency for choice, I love the word. And so I'm just trying to explain why I was thinking something a little different, but um, <laughs> choice is always a reality. So being cognizant of the choices, right, is, is phenomenal and I love it. And I'm so excited for what this brings. That's a reality though, continually, right? I was envisioning aspirational of what you would like to call out to, of what you need, rather than choices are reality, but being right. aware of the choices you make and so, is a great intention. And you know with my input that I love that, okay, so like choice is a word, and there's so many other mm -hmm. words that go into it. Mm -hmm. Independent choice. 
yep. for the first time in my life since I've been five years old, five years old, I am literally not responsible for anyone else. Mm-hmm. For the first time in my life, I am not wow. responsible. So the choices I'm making, yeah, it's so freeing to mm-hmm. say they're all up to me, but also terrifying. Yeah. Like I make a choice. I can't blame it on anybody else. No. I can't, I can't, in my daughter's words, make excuses or say, you know, that's a cop out. If I try mm-hmm. to say, oh no, my kids need me to do this or my kids need me to, you know, to go be, be there. Okay. No, nope. mm. it's all up to me. Choice. Yep. I love it. So oh. I'm very excited because okay. I think the independence and the freedom that I am suddenly a, a never, very rarely in my life do I have a place where I've never been before. Yeah. And although physicality, I'm in a place that I've, you know, like I've been in the Omaha area before. Mm -hmm. I am literally at a human place that I have never, ever been. And the freedom and the Mm -hmm. independence and the empowerment is incredible. Mm -hmm. And it Mm -hmm. feels really, really, really good. Yep. Amen. I love it. Okay. (laughs) So that was how I thought that I would not just tie in the Christmas letter Mm -hmm. and the writing of something from the past Yep. Now I sent, shared my seven pieces. Future casting, you will be se- sharing seven pieces of you next okay. episode. But yes. you're sharing your word okay. of your, the year, your word of the year now. Yeah. Any speculations? Okay. So I did have some until you went to London. Okay. Walk me through it. So last year was contemplation. Yep. The year prior was waiting. Well. Yes. So I feel that your often your word and theme of the year is how do we say it in strengths language oh backward facing backward okay. facing retrospective yes yep. hashtag context yep i believe that this year you are forward facing instead of context facing and i believe that you're my my estimation around your word of the year had to do with, I don't want to say calculated future casting or calculated change, but visionary Okay. change. Visionary momentum. Okay. So if you were to sum that in a word. Well, you know, 2020 vision. I didn't think you'd go that <laughs> Oh, no. But I did think that you were forward-facing with your word. Then I feel that you went to London, and I feel like in London you were in your element in all capacities. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about the five areas of well-being. <clears throat> yep. I feel that London represents all five to you, <clears throat> maybe with the exception of financial because it would <laughs> stretch that a little bit. But I feel that all other areas of well-being are honored in that location, which was the location you had never been. Correct. Again, forward-facing. Okay. So I couldn't really find a word that reflected optimistic change or optimistic future or I couldn't. I, I, I just kept going back to like optimism or hope kind of things. But I know that you're not going to choose a word like hope. And I know you're not going to choose a word like optimism. And I know you're not going to choose a word like future. Why not? Because it's not you. It's, it's not learner enough. It's not professor Tess enough, in my opinion. 
So maybe you're gonna blow my mind and tell me that your word is like you know cat or something. <laughs> then you're gonna throw everything off, and then we'll edit this thing, and I'll take all those things that I said back. I just feel that your intellect requires a heftier word than something like choice. This is scary because you have explicated my thought process better than I can and you have named my word. <laughs> I did? In what I said? Oh, God. <laughs> this is really scary. I feel very seen and exposed in, in a positive and I hope you, way. I hope you feel, feel seen and heard. I hope you feel seen and heard. Yep, you just said it again. Hope. Oh, my God, your word is hope. Are you serious? I did describe your word. <laughs> And what is neat about... Oh my gosh, did you know that? I know. I know. That is an awesome, awesome word for a thousand reasons. But really amazing that you chose that. Yeah. I want to hear about why. <laughs> okay, I have to compose myself first. All right, we know, what was it, 55? Episode 55 that you said was the one 54. you broke down at? 54. 54, okay. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Look out for Good forest. thing we have this cat towel to wipe my tears on it. Um, wow. Yes. I don't even know how to describe it. Um, it's simple yet profound. Yes. And that's what I really like about it. Um, because, so I was, you know, and I go through... Um, you know, my word of the year is listeners know that I'm a Christian. And so I spend time in prayer with God about my word every year. And I kept like feeling in my spirit, the word preparation, but that seemed very clinical. And see, so I could have seen you choosing preparation because it sounds like contemplation. Yeah. So, so preparation and, and it didn't seem to encompass and, and what I kept feeling about that was like, I have certain goals financially. I have certain, um, you know, decisions that I am, you know, making in this, these, this season of my life. And so I had, um, but it seemed like to not, it seemed to encompass, the word preparation seemed to encompass tangible and physical things as well as like emotionally ready for what's coming. Um, but there was something more about not just, Um, at least for me, like things have been, I believe, spoken out and I have felt in discernment from God about certain steps in my life. And, but sometimes reality confines us and our current present circumstances confine us only to what we see and what we see in the past, which is totally a barrier label of context, right? And so I actually heard a sermon on hope and, um, it really clicked that everything that I was feeling in the word preparation was summed up actually by the greater meaning of hope. That if I truly believe, at least for for me in my own faith context, and I'm going to use my own words to best describe that, even though I know everybody listening and I know you don't necessarily, you know, believe 
faith-wise the way that I believe. Um, But if I believe in the words that God has spoken and confirmed in my life, it will, which is believing in, in what has been spoken is hope, believing in what's to come, it will change how I live today. Yes. And it will change my decisions. It'll change how I spend my time, how I spend my money, you know, how I, my priorities in life, what kind of mood I wake up with, what kind of things, you know, ritual I have before I go to bed, like all of these things. Like when you have hope for something that's coming, it changes how you live today. And therefore it sets my heart in a mode of preparation and my life in a mode of preparation. Um, so that's like the sub definition, you know, or so a sub point of my word of the year, but the greater, um, uh, word and intention is hope. It's the idea and energy that That one has about the future. So then it was like, oh my gosh, like it's such, it's a word that I glossed over because, you know, I study it and quantify it within people. Um, We measure it. Um, We've preached about it forever. We say it all the time. The amount of times, not only in when we go and do a strength training or we talk about the impact of teammates, but also like the amount of times to say, I hope you know, I'm hoping for this to happen, or I just, even the amount of times we use it in our language, like to me, it's a sacred word. And I feel like we, we treat it as such in some contexts, but not in others. And it is the most powerful indicator of success, not only within young people, but within us. And I don't know, there's something about the call to that in my own personal life and the embodiment of that then and how I live this year out I hope people do amazing Amazing things things. so I think back to a dialogue that we had today about measurements and all I care about all I care about in my job is building more hopeful people yeah and the ripple effect of that has amazing indirect (laughs) outcomes yeah because I do what I can to instill hope in other people and, the, and instill in them the belief and the power that they have to help other people be more hopeful. Yeah. When it all comes down to, I mean, really, what's your reason, what's your purpose and your reason for being? Yeah. For you, it's... It's ripple effects. It's, yeah. it's building that. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I've tried to, you know, with New Year's kind of stuff and goals and reviewing the decade, I tried to, you know, what's mm-hmm. a perfect day and... And what do you love doing and what do you Mm -hmm. love doing most? And it it just all comes down to I want people to feel better about themselves and about their future. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't require much. Yeah. But the fact that you would choose that word when you – also when you think about go back, which you do very well with your context, and look at how your other words Mm -hmm. have led to that. Okay, so I, um, when I was in London, I had afternoon tea, and I was sitting and I was journaling about the prior year and how and what a word of contemplation brought, but then also how it was very much cadenced by the year before it of waiting well. Um, so I did not know what I was waiting for when that word came to me. No idea what I was waiting for. Um, but I had this kind of soul longing to say, I know I'm in some in-between in my life. 
I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like. All of us are, I would argue. All of us are, there's a gap between where we are and where we want to be, even if it's just our own personal growth and maturity, Mm -hmm. emotional health, if it's Mm -hmm. a career, education, whatever. There's always gaps in our lives between where we're at and where we want to be. And so I felt really a call to say there are two ways you can approach waiting, right? You can numb and you can pass the time or you can engage meaningfully in the waiting to to grow in the midst of it. And so I felt like it was a leaning in of waiting um, to grow, um, you know, emotionally and spiritually and, you know, whatever that looked like. Well, um, you know, I think if you go back and listen to the podcast, you can hear both of us were in a really rough place this time last year. Um, so January to March and April, I was in a very, very tough spot. Um, you know, never diagnosed with it, but in that context, but borderline clinical depression, Mm -hmm. it goes really hard. And, um, but it had been tempered and wasn't as destructive as it could have been because of the year of preparation prior. And that seems kind of probably hard and a lot of people that, you know, that that have beef with with God or beef with like even a, a logic like this say, well, you didn't need to have that hard time. You know, you didn't, you know, why would God, you know, prepare you for such a hard time? Um, and I don't exactly know why it happened, but I went into just a really, really deep funk and, um, but a lot of that too was God having built up and letting that year of waiting while build up really great community. So I, I have incredible community, greater than I ever have, that really stuck with me through that. And it lasted three, maybe four months when I've had, you know, a worse, the longest bout of depression I had was a year and not knowing how to get out of it and not seeing an end in sight. And so, um, so anyway, but I came out of that, I mean, slowly but surely, thankfully by the grace of awesome community and, you know, different things. But I came out of that with a very, very clear and confirmed answer of next steps for me, of direction of where to go. And I have never been so resolved about what's coming. And it has never been so universally confirmed by coworkers and my manager and professors in my grad program and my parents and grandparents, like every circle of people in my life has not only confirmed, but gone above and beyond to support me. And I've never experienced that. And I wouldn't have, I don't, I don't think I would have been as resolved, as confirmed, and as in touch with that voice of that spoke out this reality um, had I not been in a really hard place really seeking and really listening and really being open to whatever came. And in that place, it was the preparation that had come before it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just crazy when I think back even to the last two years of how the year of waiting well built up for then when the crash happened, it wasn't as impactful. And I was able to walk out of that with a strong resolve to then step courageously into who I am <laughs> and to where I'm going. And yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> Those are there, my seven things I feel like are encompassed in that. <laughs> no, you still have to but do the seven I still things. have to do the assignment. I know, I know. It'll be good. But um, So my Jen and Millie folder has a sticky note from you. I don't know how long ago this was to you. It was a while ago. 
and it has a few reminders for you. And it's a note from Tess, but it isn't signed by Tess, but I'd know her handwriting anywhere. It's kind of like I would know a lot of people's handwriting from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Number one, you are awesome. Number two, you are doing an incredible job. Number three, we're a better organization because of you. So messages of affirmation that at times you probably had no idea were helping me to be more hopeful. Mm-hmm. And this is what we do mm-hmm. organizationally, but you model it mm-hmm. with others. So I think not only is your word serving you, mm-hmm. But your word is serving your circles and the greater good because mm-hmm. you share that. When you have that as a, when you have hope as a focus, yeah. you just can't help but to illuminate that light for others. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I cannot believe. <laughs> wow, I'm going to listen back to this and kind of be in awe. <laughs> I am. I'm a little bit stunned and almost having a hard time coming up with with words, with words which am, is so rare. I know, and I am very stunned that literally everything, when I asked you to give just general speculations, was what my brain was going through all of the fall semester. I never give myself <laughs> enough credit for being intuitive. Knowing people, yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, sometimes people will say, gosh, what are you, a mind reader? Because I can, you know, hear their strengths. Or, yeah. <laughs> but, and not too long ago, um, I was having a conversation um, with a coworker while we were driving. And um, he said to me, gosh, you are so perceptive. Like, you are paying attention. He goes, I didn't even realize you noticed that. Like, you're paying attention. I'm not deliberately paying attention, but I am paying attention. Yeah. And I... And when you're forced to make the connections, you can very easily make the connections. But I also feel energy. Yeah. I feel energy. And when I walk into a room, Mm -hmm. I mean, you see so much in nonverbals. Okay, you were totally getting my nonverbals today during a meeting. (laughs) I was afraid to use my voice. Yeah. And I was reviewing some of the material from this meeting, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, like... Your voice is all over it. Here, here is all of this work and sometimes fighting, fighting, that has finally produced some positive results for kids. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, like there it is and it's right in front of me and I feel like I should be you know, having a really big party to say this is incredible. And it wasn't that it got downplayed, but it was just kind of like it felt like I was reverting a little bit and then... I could feel myself thinking, don't say anything. You don't have to say anything. Don't say anything. And then physically I started moving. I started moving <laughs> around in my chair. And I, you were right next to me. I knew uh-huh. you knew uh-huh. that I was holding back. And physically and energetically I felt permission mm. from this part of the room. Go ahead. Yeah. And I was shaking when I did it. But I'm really, really tired of not using my voice and not mm-hmm. stepping into the power of choice for me to mm-hmm. use my words for good. I am yeah. not choosing to use my words for something not positive. Mm-hmm. So there's always a good check-in. Yeah. Is what you're doing or saying for the benefit of a greater yeah. good? And if that is, mm-hmm. then yes. It's kind of like why we do this. Yeah. You know, I Or when I look at the match support email... And the clicks and the links, I think 10,000 mentors and only 500. And then I thought, stop saying only 500. 
500 people. Because I would yeah. be happy and I am overjoyed when I've got one mentor, Karen, who reaches out every time, every time. And she says, thank you so much for your inspiring words. I had to mentor this time, different mentor, reach out and literally copy and paste your message of just keep showing up. You know, she said, I needed to hear that. And, you know, if one person or two people reach out and say, Mm -hmm. that's worth it, that's worth it. But the choice I have is to stop diminishing myself, Mm -hmm. which I do quite naturally. Yeah. I I don't step into my power. I don't step into my voice. I don't step into my shine because I I feel like I'm supposed to let something or someone else. Mm. And I'm kind of over that. Mm. And so the word choice means a lot of different things. Yeah. And how well the choice and hope words marry each other. I believe hope is a choice. 100% yes. And I believe that hope influences choice mm-hmm. dramatically. Yeah. Um, also, you know that I love that word very much. Yeah. Because um, yeah. of my friend Shane and everything that he taught me about ripples. So, again, all the language in our meeting today, I'm like, mm-hmm. I just hear Shane everywhere. I sense... I sense that someone who is teaching and talking about hope influences so many more lives than they realize. Mm -hmm. And you do that all the time, Tess. Mm -hmm. Every time that you share our our percentage of kids who are more hopeful because of their mentor, you're not just stating what happens during the mentoring relationship. You get people thinking about, oh my gosh, what happens when hope is involved? Yeah. What happens mm-hmm. when I just I just do this one thing yeah. that the ripple effects go on and on, and that's what all of Shane's research pointed mm-hmm. to, and that's um, what we know to be true in our, our mentoring relationships. So yeah. um, mm-hmm. we have such a great okay. year ahead. Seriously. I also thought for sure you'd know it because I posted about this word. You did. You commented on it. Or you liked it, and I I've tagged you in it, but I, but yeah, only I I know wouldn't have thought that it was your word I because know. you are quite scholarly, and I mean this in the most beautiful of ways. That's why mm-hmm. I call you Professor Tess. You are quite scholarly, and hope doesn't feel like scholarishish enough. Whatever that yeah. what I want to say is, it doesn't. It didn't feel scholarly enough to me, like a contemplation word. Yeah. But it is, you're right, so simple, so profound, so you, mm-hmm. so meaningful in huge aspects. I mean, in all mm-hmm. all areas. And, um, you know, I'm sure you'll you, you get to say that word probably as often as I'll get to say choice. Yeah. It's amazing that we... We both chose commonly used words in the English language. Yep. Yeah. Without knowing a single thing. This is so profound to me that we know nothing about what the other one is considering, Mm -hmm. yet I'm thinking, you should know this test. Like, I've said it all the time, and you're thinking, I've tied you with this. (laughs) Um, But yet, I think you probably saw and heard my word, but not plain enough. 
Mm-mm. And I yeah. was describing your word, but not yeah. enough. <laughs> like literally, okay, take everything you're talking about and sum it into one word. <laughs> Gosh, we have so much emotion oh in these podcasts and it's uh, so unintentional. Uh. It's, we just haven't seen each other forever. That's the problem, is we need to do a like, catch-up before we just start recording. Yeah, no doubt. People would probably be um, much delighted if Tess and Allison would just do a little bit of, could you, could you check in? Could you possibly check in with each other before you get on and do 45 minutes of the two of you crying? Um, the other thing I wanted to be sure that we share today, um, did I send this on to you yet? about the power of celebration. Um, so there's a guy out there, and maybe you've heard of him. His name is, oh, Allison, please get it right, um, BJ Fogg. Okay. He has a TED Talk and a book about tiny habits. Okay. So I think you will find this profound. Social scientist Tess, also with your word of the year, you might find it even more interesting. He believes that if you use the power of celebration, habits will be more likely to stick. And he's got a whole bunch of research to Mm -hmm. show that this is true. So when you do something towards your goals, you do something that you're proud of, that proud of moment, you say to yourself out loud in the mirror, whatever, victory or yes, or well done or yay or whatever it is, because the endorphins related to celebration are so much more of a positive emotion, even physically and emotionally, that you're more likely to crave more of it. Hmm. So he did this whole piece around flossing one tooth. So he flossed a tooth and then looked at himself in the mirror and said, good job, yay you, celebration. (laughs) He also, his previous research was around tiny habits. So every time that he would go to the restroom, so I mean, well, it's Jen and Millie when we can say what we want. Because at the end, I'm going to say this isn't the reflections of anybody else. P equals one push-up. So when I when he would go P, he would do one push-up. The guy can now okay. do 40, 50 push-ups. Okay. Because he tied it to something that he already does, but it's a, a memory cue to do something towards a goal. Sure. Okay. okay. So this piece of research that he's doing now is around how celebrations will help a, a habit stick. So, you know, there's all this research. How many days does it take? And if um, you, which you'll get to see at conference, um, Jen McNally, who works yeah. for the SU, mm-hmm. um, she po- poses the question to the audience, how many days until a habit will stick? Or how many days mm-hmm. does it take to form a habit? And people say 21, 28, you know, 7, 14. And then her next slide is, doesn't matter, it's individual. There is really... Mm. Not enough research to say there's a certain amount of days. It's up to the individual person. Sure. What Mr. Fogg is saying mm-hmm. is that when you tie a habit to a celebration, it's more likely to more stick. Likely to stick. Huh. So, I have been doing this. <laughs> I mean, I do this. So it's a cheerleader stance. You can't see me, but it's a. It comes so freely to me because it was the cheerleader it's stance. Richard Nixon V for victory, but with your arms instead of your fingers. I would also call this um, Richard. What's his name? The exercise guy. Oh my gosh, you don't know him. Nope. Um, Richard. Oh. Somebody is listening to this recording, and they're like yelling it out. Uh, Richard. He's an exercise guy, and he wore really short shorts, and everywhere he went, he was zany, and then there was just a documentary. Simmons. Richard Simmons. 
there's a documentary out about like where is Richard Simmons or what happened to Richard oh. Simmons or something like that. Anyway, so Richard Simmons party off the pounds. Yes. Okay. So he would do this. He okay. would do this, and every every time you'd see him on TV or his videos, he would be like, "Yay!" And the V for victory. Okay. okay. Uh huh. So that's when I say that it's a cheer term, like you know, ready, okay, is here, and then V for victory. Oh yeah. Because that was the start of the you know, the cheer. <laughs> So I have the V pose, but just imagine I, her dancing in a small conference room. So I have, I am, I'm double jointed. Okay. Fun fact. Interesting. And so my elbows kick out. Huh. So my cheer sponsor, whenever I would do V for victory, she would be like, Mm-mm, Allison. So I would do this, so that my arms wouldn't look wonky yeah. because I'm double jointed. So okay. I, the V for victory. <laughs> I have sleeves on. I can do it this way. So I've been doing this anytime that I check off a habit goal. So a habit goal for me right now is honoring not looking at my phone so much. So I am really being tactical and strategic Mm -hmm. about staying off the phone. Took Facebook app off my phone. Okay. um, And I give myself time, certain times that I can look at it. Then I have all the time structures on my phone now. So at 8 p.m., everything shuts down. I plug it in in a different room so that I'm not tempted to look at it at night when I wake up with worries because I used yeah. to do that, get on Pinterest and then not be able to sleep. So the phone is literally going further away from me. When I went on a trip with my kids, which was the most present I've been in a long time, I, le- not on purpose, but I left the phone behind and I had forgotten it. So we were in Castle Rock at Kim's. I left it plugged in. The kids and I went to Garden of the Gods I jump out of the car because I want to take some pictures. I'm like, just come back and get me because Lauren was driving because I'm trying to shoot pictures. Yeah. I had no phone. And then I was completely admonished by my children. Like, that is so irresponsible that you just jump out of the car and you don't have your phone. And we didn't even know where to find you. I said, okay, it's not. You'd eventually figure out where I am. I'm not going to go hiking. So it was really interesting for me to how much more present I felt by leaving the phone mm-hmm. behind. So when I su- successfully do something yeah. that's geared towards one of my habits, yep. I do mm-hmm. V, V that's for victory. Good. And I, I mean, there's times in the car I'm doing it. There's times I'm alone in my apartment that I'm doing I it. Love it, but I did it the other day here at the office. Okay. And I don't know if anybody noticed, but I went, now, it kind of looks like this, palms facing forward sometimes, like okay. Oprah celebrate, like, you get a car, yeah. like that, but also it means yeah, success. Okay. So his research shows it doesn't take 21 days to wire in a habit. Sometimes all you need is a shot of positive feeling and emotion, a mm-hmm. dose of celebration. Celebrating is a great way to reinforce small changes yeah. and pave the way for big successes, which we yeah. also know when it comes to choice yep. and hope. Those little small pieces. Yep. Okay, so I so this year I shared about this. We just did a, um, a strengths lunch and learn that we do once a month for our staff internally. And I shared we were talking about strategic this month as one of the themes. And I talked about how I had gone to a coffee shop and done some goal planning and goal setting for myself. So I've done this in previous years, but I didn't do it last year with contemplation. But I set out three sub strategies for my goal of hope and for my word of hope i think i might know oh my gosh no um but um 
So a big a big piece of where I want to be is setting some very specific financial goals. And so mm-hmm. I read a book um, called uh, Save God, Serve the Planet, or um, Serve God, Save the Planet. And so it was all about how, you know, it was this radical call to environmental um, stewardship as a way to serve God. And so it was, you know, not drying your laundry and, you know, radically changing your diet and all these things like this doctor who had gone through, you know, all of these massive changes. But one of his um, really calls and actually in another book that I referenced on here, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry that Mm -hmm. I read not too long ago had really significant and radical cost to simplicity and so in this book um serve god save the planet it's a part of a book club that i'm a part of and we are talking about it and one of the principles that he does is a 30-day wait period on non um on discretionary spending and so if there is a shirt or a um you know a trip or like anything that you want right that's not an essential component of living right it's not food it's not shelter it's not want versus you know, need any, anything that you might want right he waits 30 days he and his family mm-hmm. wait 30 days and either you've forgotten about it you don't want it anymore or you really have come to a point where you're like i am willing to purchase that right and so it just essentially cuts out on unnecessary spending and you know I have some financial goals that I want to meet so I that's like one of my first subplots because that's part of preparation that sub word for me of hope is preparing financially so um 30-day wait policy is my first sub principle and that one's very like concrete and quantitative the other two are not so much and so my second one is um is keeping the why at forefront so reminder of purpose um, which is all about hope, right? Because I, I heard one time one of my um, mentors say the phrase, um, spiritual mentor of mine, and she said, in your life as a Christian, you will have to say no to a lot of things, but your yes will always be greater. Your yeses, may your yes be always bigger than the no's. And I think that's just, it was just such a cool principle to remind us of why, like the greater picture. Mm-hmm. So in the end, mm-hmm not binging out on Netflix one night for the sake of making sure I really know my class content for the week is reminding me of the why I'm getting this degree and where I'm going with it. Um, you know, so something as simple as that. Um, my third principle is celebrate. Oh my gosh. Which is why I brought that up in the context of this, this article, which I'm excited to read. We move on too quickly from things. You bet. Um, one of my pastors preached on the spiritual practice of celebration um, earlier in the fall and how taking time to pause and celebrate what you've accomplished, what God has done, you know, prayers that have been answered are very significant to building up one another and reminding Mm -hmm. us of our why. So it's all interconnected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so part of hope, which yes, is forward facing is also celebrating the steps that we've taken to get there, which is retrospective, right? Part of living in hope is reminding, being assured of what's to come. It's also about being present. Yeah. We need to remind ourselves of where we've been, right? Mm -hmm. And then where we're at right now. And so, yeah, taking time to pause and celebrate. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So again, none of this is pre-discussed. Okay, so I got my new, uh, those of you who um, follow me on, not follow me, but are friends with me on social media know that I spent a ridiculous amount of time figuring out what planner I wanted to finally make the decision to do a real planner. 
And this full focus planner that I have um, is a Michael Hyatt model. He's this productivity guru. And I had to watch 10 tutorials to learn how to use the thing. And it's only quarterly. Okay. So this is one quarter. One quarter oh my in this gosh. book. Okay. And so what you do is their model is you break down your annual goals. Okay. And then you focus on them. Yep. Quarterly. Now, I don't like that model. What I want to do is I want to focus on all my goals all the time. So I'm doing it a little bit differently. It's like their model is choose a couple, and then this quarter you work on those. Yeah. Okay. That's not that's not gonna work for me. So my goals, which you only you are limited to, ten I believe, and I chose seven. I'm gonna share six of them. Financial stability. Mm-hmm. Is my first goal. Okay. Like literally, we have not discussed this nope. one even one tiny <laughs> tiny bit, and it breaks it down. So you have your goal summary. You decide: is it an achievement goal? Is it a habit goal? Is it a financial, spiritual, parental, intellectual, social? It breaks it all down. Yep. What are your oh. key motivations? What are your next steps? And then reward. So back to your waiting thirty days. And I read an article about this around the holidays. How hard it is to buy Christmas gifts now for kids is because we are such a I want it now, I get yep. it now. Yeah. That was not how I grew up. Mm -mm. So generational difference, there was not an Amazon click button. Yeah. And so I had to want and hope for my boombox, not thinking in a million years that I was going yeah. to get it. Hmm. So we don't have that anymore. Mm -mm. If we want it, we get it now. Yeah. So really kind of the reward. So I would have to achieve these this goal in, in order, order to, to get, get this reward. reward. So my, my wow. financial... How revolutionary. <laughs> really. 12 tutorials, 10 tutorials. So the goal detail of financial stability, my reward is a solo fine dining experience. Yes. Okay. okay. So another goal that. that I have is increasing focus. Mm -hmm. That is part of the reason I bought this. That's why I'm putting the phone away. That's why I'm trying yep. to be more present because I felt the last year nothing but scattered and I don't have time mm -hmm. to think. That's why coming up, celebrating my birthday, yep. I am not celebrating my birthday with lots of happy hours and fun with friends. I'm going on a solitude retreat Yes. by myself, um, hence the word solitude. So increase focus. My key motivations are time management and my well-being. I mean, yeah. I can't be working and getting six hours of sleep because I'm literally working up until I go to bed and then having to be yeah. on the road at six in the morning. So well-being. And then just forward movement. My reward for increased focus is I'll get myself the next quarter planner. Okay. If I can't do these things, yeah. then I'm not going to reward myself. It's not just an okay. automatic for me. Yeah. Um, getting organized is one. Um, the quarter planner goes into that. Improving well-being is another goal. And my reward um, is new clothes for Florida. Um, well, Florida is actually, our Florida girls trip is coming up February 11th, so I probably am going to have to adjust some things. Um, but the solitude weekend mm -hmm. ties into this. Healing is the yeah. goal. Celebrate. Celebrate is my goal <laughs> detail. Oh, my god! My goal number six <laughs> is, celebrate. is celebrate. And the reason, my key motivations, be an example to others. Be present and recognizing loss and how mm -hmm. short life is. Yeah. So over the week, um, the first week of um, the new year, my uncle passed away. Um, mm -hmm. My uncle was uh, profound, 
entrepreneur, brilliant. I mean, he was a tinkerer thinker, so he would create all these things. So bison rims, breakaway rims, you know, all kinds of amazing things. He's a he was an awesome innovator, mm-hmm. but he worked a lot, yeah, a lot. And what I saw in his while he was on hospice was a reflection of what really mattered. Mm-hmm. He had a good sense of balance. So he worked a lot, but family also came first. Yeah. And um, at his funeral, I heard my uncle Tim um, do the eulogy. And the end, the ending of the eulogy is we always think we have more time. Yeah. And so even loss has helped me to understand the value of celebrating. This one is a private one. But I have I have future casting that I'm excited about, but I limited myself to seven instead of you know my high achievers saying, well, you must have all 10. So here are your goals, okay? Then you have a monthly calendar. You have rolling quarters. So what your quarter goals and, and high-level things that have to happen. Yeah. So here's January. You know, Alma, which I need a whole podcast on Alma. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it was fan- Fantastic, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to write a blog piece. And um, they've reached out because I talked about hospitality. Awesome. And they've reached out about you know can we can we repeat some of these things you yeah. said? And I said yes, it was Absolutely. awesome. So I've got Cambridge coming up, which yep. I know is going to be awesome. Yes. So my big things are in here, and then it breaks down to your daily rituals, which you put in here, okay. your ideal week. But then each week, okay. Oh so my here's. Gosh. Each day, you do a weekly preview. And you carry from last week's accomplishments. This is so us, okay? List three to five accomplishments from the past week. So what went well? Yep. And then how far did you get on goals? How do you tie them Mm -hmm. back to your yearly goals? What worked? What didn't? What will you keep, improve, start, or stop doing? And then you do a list sweep. So you tag these. Like this is done, check mark. Mm-hmm. A arrow means I need to put this to a future date, okay. or a zero means I need to delegate it, or a circle. Then you say, refer to your calendar goals and tasks, and what will happen this coming week. Oh my gosh! I mean, it is intense, and I love everything about it. Stacy, okay. former program coordinator in Nebraska City, was the one who recommended this, and I'm really loving it. But it ties mm-hmm. so well into my word of the year, which is choice. How you spend your time and resources is a direct reflection of your priorities. And that Mm -hmm. is a Dave Shapiro Mm -hmm. quote. I also think back to me as a mom, I would always say to my kids, you can choose your choices. You cannot choose your consequences. Mm. And so choice being my word Mm. of the year made all kinds of sense. I had to hide all kinds of things from you. Seriously? Things were falling out of my planner. Um, So... Um, Wild, which is an awesome organization um, that helps really focus on leadership and future casting and um, all kinds of development and engagement. Mm -hmm. Wild sends out a postcard and has a beautiful quote on the front and on the back. What's your word of the year? Use this as a focus of your intention and attention, intention and attention to as the year progresses. And then what will be different if you live the next year? demonstrating the word that you have chosen the word you've chosen so not just Mm. choice does this represent 
but future casting and hope. Yeah. These two questions or these two segments, yeah. which are a couple of different questions, really honor that. Um, so I think we all can, you know, walk around with the word of the year, but to ask, yeah. be asked to contemplate what would be different if you live this word. Mm-hmm. Um, so I not only wrote down my word of the year, but then had to really identify what would look different if I really make choice my word of the year. Mm. So Tess, what would look wow. different if you really make hope your word of the year? Lots of things. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to... You don't have to answer. I just want you to think a lot about of it. those things, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think those questions are really, I'd really rather, good. I feel like some of them are personal and you know. Yep. Same thing with my last school. Some of yours, but yeah. So Hmm. what would we like to task our readers with? Okay, I you are doing seven things. So much. I'm getting kind of a little bit I just want to put this out there. I give you homework and you don't do it. What? Where's your MySpace? Oh, I can't I haven't been able to find it. I've looked a couple times. I will find it. It's on the World Wide Web somewhere. (laughs) Because I'm gonna look for the Christmas letter if I have to, although I brought some. Yep, you brought some, but I think I asked specifically for one of your Christmas letters. Okay, so I believe <laughs> we'll keep each other the homework that is accountable to Tess, yep. dear listeners, yep. is do it seven pieces of you. Yep, okay. And then I would love to hear from our listeners seven pieces of them. Of them. Yep. I thought, I imagine all of these people that subscribe to her blog, and yeah. she takes the time to read those and respond. And respond, yeah. And what a really innovative way to get to know your readers better. Mm-hmm. So we, I think, could do a better job yeah. asking our listeners to tell mm-hmm. us about them. Yeah. So seven pieces of you yep. um, is a great assignment okay. to our listeners, and it's going to be your next reveal. My next, my next assignment, yes. On the, on the next Jen and Millie, which would be number 59, I believe. Yep. What happens when we get to 60? I don't know. We talked a lot about when we get to 50, but we didn't do a whole lot with it. So we I, need to celebrate. Celebration is what, in both of our goals for the year. Uh, why don't we do a video again? Okay. Yeah, We're capable. We could do it with this. Yeah. Okay. All righty. Well, we will see. Um, thanks, everybody. <laughs> Non-promise. For tuning in to episode 58 of Jen and Millie. My goodness. What an app it has been. Um, what a joy. If you enjoyed today's conversation, consider sharing this episode with a friend is what I've written down because I read this the same every time, but you don't need to given my breakdown on this one. Oh, really? Is that what um, we get to say now? No. Whoopsie. I, I get to read the conclusion, so actually i the one who gets to modify it. So thanks, Allie. Um, to interact with us and share the responses to the question, mainly our one follow-up of the seven pieces of you um, question that we post in this episode, um, you can um, email us directly. We'd love that. Um, you can also interact with us by giving us a follow on Instagram at Jen and Millie. That's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L. L-L-I-E. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are exclusively that of Allison Horn and Tess Starman and may not reflect the views of Teammates Mentoring Program. Until next time, thanks for tuning in.